Hey, everybody. We're so excited. Welcome back to Monster Baby, a curious romp through the worlds of mindfulness and improvisation. That's Lisa Rowland over there, and I'm Ted DeMaison. We're your co-hosts. And uh, we have a very exciting episode today because it starts with a very exciting event, which is the drawing for a name of somebody who is going to join us on our retreat. If you submitted your name, just listen for a couple minutes more, you're going to find out whether it was you. That's right. It's so exciting. Uh, But it's also a fun episode because we're talking about a topic that's got like all these rich elements and comes out of the world of improv for both of us. But Mm -hmm. we sort of connected it to mindfulness, and it's that of status. Status. It is the topic that consistently when I run into people who have taken beginning improv- improvising at Stanford, they say this was the this was the week when we learned status that blew my mind, where I realized that improv was about more than just theater. Theater. Yeah. Yeah. And this it is just about life. Teaches you about life and how to be skillful. You know, can you be skillful without being manipulative? So really interesting questions that came up. Yeah, really cool. Check really, yeah. out status versus rank versus power versus esteem. Like, what are the differences? So anyway, we tease all it out. Listen in. You'll get it. We give you a few invitations. Start checking it out in your own life. But uh, hopefully it's as fun for you as it was for us. Yeah. Enjoy. Here we are, Lisa Rowland. Here we are, Ted Two weeks after we promised we would be here, we're here. It's the big reveal. And uh, We've kept our promise. We're back in our same Redwood Grove. Yeah, it's very, very beautiful. Stanford campus, bright, sunny day. I am loving the sunshine on my heavily sunscreened skin. Yeah, I actually have my head open to the sky. Meaning he's not wearing a hat. I often have a hat on. Yeah. And this is a rarity that it's like just the right temperature, not too hot, not too cold. Yeah. But I also have sunscreen slathered on my bald pate. In order to protect, to protect this delicate skin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yes, it's very exciting because not only are we here to have a podcast episode, which I'm excited for. Yeah. But we're giving away a slot on our retreat. Yep. June 11th to 15th. Today's the day. Last time we uh, put out the notice that if you let us know that you want to be entered into this drawing, we will put your name in a hat and draw one out. And whoever's name is drawn is will attend for free. Will be in, invited to attend for free, which Our is guest. crazy, wacky. Yeah. And those of you who are, if your name, if you sent in your name and you're not drawn, we'd love to chat with you and see if there's some way we can figure out for, to get you here because yep. it'd be awesome to have you. Yes, yes, yes. So yes, we now have literally we have a hat to draw from, which is the hat that I normally have in my head. Do you want to draw or do you want me to draw, Ted? Oh, what if we... You yeah. draw. You hold, I'll, I'll hold, draw. Yeah, okay. Okay, here shuffle, it is. Shuffle, shuffle, here we go. I'm choosing... Guys, this is nope, it. not that one. Nope. If we okay. were the type of podcast that had sound effects, we might insert a drum roll here. Brrr. But we have Ted, so we'll do that. Diana Hart. Diana Hart. Is our winner. Get your booty down to How Santa Cruz that? in June, Diana. Diana is ready to rock and roll. Oh, that's thrilling. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Diana, I know, is psyched about the possibility. Cool. And... Uh, I think she's going to be great. She's going to love it. And yeah. hopefully she'll bring like three or four friends. Yo, Diana, bring some friends. Yo, yo. <laughs> so, yeah, congratulations, Diana, and everybody else who uh, sent your name in. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was so exciting to get all of the names. And my hope is that we can play with all of you. So hopefully not being drawn out of this is not 100% prohibitive for you. Yeah. That's that's my hope is that you can still make it happen somehow. Rock on. Yeah. Rock on. Okay, so uh, Diana will be getting in touch, uh, although you're hearing this probably, and everybody else will be getting in touch to say hi and thanks and see if we can get you there some other way. Yeah. And um, right on. Cool. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Okay, well, we're excited about that, and on we go. 
Okay, so we, do you want, were you going to say something? I was. I think we had a pretty cool little synchronicity, synchrony, some synchronous happened where this weekend I was with a group of applied improvisers, the Applied Improvisation Network of San Francisco got together, and we were talking about status. And when I mentioned that to you, you, or maybe you had said already in some other fashion that you working with the Stanford improvisers today. Oh, well, working, that just came out at lunch like it just came out an hour ago. Yeah. And you mentioned that you were talking about status with in them. My, in my Stanford class. I teach a, a beginning improvisation class in the Stanford Theater Department. And I said, oh, we were working on status today. And one of my students had this killer observation. Oh, she said this great thing, which I loved, which I'll get to. We'll get to. I'll share that with you. But we were talking about that and had said, oh, I was just working on it with this other group. And so we're like, well, maybe that's the podcast. Yeah. And as soon as we did you... not have it, we did not have a topic before nope. that. And as soon as you mentioned it, I thought, oh, my gosh, this totally fits with all sorts of mindfulness stuff. So there you go. Yeah. We're going to talk about status. Yeah, great. This is a topic I had not thought about until I learned about it in 1987 with Scott Allen in our dorm-based improv class in Otero, the name of the dorm, and then more so with Patricia when I took improv with her. But it was like, I just thought of status as sort of socioeconomic status. Or yeah, status symbols. Status Mercedes. symbols. Yeah, right. Rolls Royce. Yeah. But then this designer was a, clothing, like this, that, those are status symbols. This was a very different way of thinking about status. So, mm-hmm. the place I learned about it was Keith Johnstone, right? In this class, we read Keith Johnstone's book Impro, yeah, and he has a chapter on status, yeah. And for him, it's all about these social interactions that we're having in every moment, where we're kind of measuring ourselves against other people and kind of figuring out the pecking order. Yeah. Right? Who's above, who's below, and what are the behaviors that we do? That signal where we are on that ladder. Yeah. In comparison, like, so, okay, here we're talking, how do I know who's in charge? Yeah. Right? That's part of it? So yeah, that's more. part what? of it. It, it. It's sort of hard to put a f- finger on in some ways because there are many, many facets of it. But there is a, there is a, I like to think about it sort of in terms of how much space do we take up in the world? And that can mean a lot of different things. So that can mean physically. So how spread out am I willing to be? How much space am I willing to occupy in a room? We all know people who sort of shrink physically and people who expand physically and what that signals about how comfortable they are in their space, how sort of in primate language, how dominant they are in the social order. And and also taking up space in a conversation and taking up breathing fully and mm. speaking at a loud volume and all of these things that indicate that that are that are born in that primate who's dominant who's submissive you know who yeah. do i need to challenge to be the to the king ape in this crowd you know what i mean things yeah. like that 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 we still are ruled by these rules sure. we're still ruled by but we place them in a modern context so you know, and we don't often use physical force, yeah, to enforce it anymore. Right, right. Sometimes, Although, but internationally and military stuff that certainly happens. But yeah, and like bar fights, you know, it's like fights, you if sure. you you insult somebody's yeah. masculinity, and you might get in a fight. Right, and that's what that is. Right, it's like you try you track right. that back down to to like negotiating status. Yeah, but it comes into play in all sorts of different ways and in improv we we play around with this dynamic and we explore what it feels like to lower our own status and what physical cues and what verbal cues behavioral cues we can use to do that and what cues we can use to raise somebody else's status or to raise my own status and lower somebody else's status and what that feels like and what tools we have available to us to do it 
And sometimes it comes down to my place in the world, right? How successful am I? What is my rank? What is my position? You know, like that can be a way to indicate status. Um, sometimes it really is physical. It's physical. Yeah. This, one of the things I loved about with Johnstone was that he said that until you play with this stuff on stage, the scenes feel flat. Mm -hmm. And as soon as he got people to play with these levers, all of a sudden the scenes popped into some Be vitality yes. because it was like, oh, that looks like real human life because we're doing this all the time. Right. And when you boil real human life down to lines of dialogue and people are not responding physically in space, kinetically and dynamically, it, is, it falls flat. It's not yeah. believable in the, in the least. Yeah. And so, so in teaching this stuff we give people an experience of it and then talk about it. And so here's this awesome comment. Is now a good time? With the curtain reveal. Well, let me, before you, I, yeah, yeah. Before we get yeah, to yeah, that, yeah, let me yeah, just yeah. say one other thing, which for me, uh, the, like, what is the status? It's about that, the pecking order, the dominance. Uh, where do I fit in this social order? <laughs> and somebody said it the other day. It's like, who's the predator? Who's the prey? Mm -hmm. Like, am I, who... Where do I need to be in this lineup to keep in order myself to feel safe. safe? Yeah, and I want to... It feels really important to mention that status, I think, is a bad name in some ways because we have such a cultural loading on the word status. And status, we equate with more status is good and less status is bad. Right. And that is not actually accurate because it's not like... And, this, and pecking order feels really uh, reductive or something and it's like minimum hierarchical we and like well of course everybody wants to be at the top of the pecking order and it's bad if we're not but the truth is that like that's not the case right. that there is a comfortable social order and people just need to understand where they fit in it and then they feel secure right if you're in the right spot for you you know how to navigate that spot you can get things done yeah you can operate securely and other people can operate securely we all know where we fit and that's comfortable and, and they're also, importantly, that it's fluid, right? So it's changing all the time, and you can use the skills of playing. That it's something you play as opposed to that you are. Yeah. That, that, that behavior rather than identity yeah. really makes a big difference. A great example of this is, and that I use, is like when a student and a professor are talking, everybody understands that status relationship, and nobody has a problem with it. And it's not bad that the student is lower on the quote-unquote pecking order than the professor. We all agree. We buy into that. Yes. That's comfortable for us. We get how to play those roles. That professor behaves different with the student than they do with their friend or their sister or their, right. you know, and, and vice versa. Like that student behaves differently with that professor, which is appropriate than they do with their little, little brother or their friend yep. or whatever. Yep. So, and we behave differently with different friends than we do with others and, you know, Anyway, so I, so I just want to say that, that it's really important to understand that these are dynamics that we're all always navigating, but that high status does not equal good and low status equals bad. Right. We just need to be understanding that this is a language we're speaking. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we don't know that. Mostly unconscious. Because it's so deeply ingrained, we are driven by it, but not consciously. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay. So I think that's important context. Like what, when we're saying, what, what is this we're talking about yeah. for folks who haven't heard about it yet? Yeah. Because you and I are... Right. We've thought about this for so long. Yeah. So, okay. But so what did your students say in class? Well, we were teaching, I was teaching this exercise where they get into pairs and the scenario is they have 
they're in the same class in, in school. They've just come out of a room. They're talking about an exam that they just took. They just came out of an exam. They're talking about how it went. And we do it three times. And the first time, you try to be just slightly higher status than your partner. Both partners are trying to be just slightly higher status. So it ends up being this subtle one-upsmanship and people find ways to do it. The second round is you try to be just subtly lower status than your partner. You're trying to just edge beno- below, yeah. right? And then the third, third, third version is you try to match your partner and it's like friendly and wonderful. But the first two are kind of uncomfortable because you're, you're trying to best your partner at the game. Either the game being be higher status or the game is be lower status. Is this something we could demonstrate right now? Sure. Yeah, let's try. Yeah. Yeah. So we're coming out of an exam and Came we're trying exa- to yeah. one up. And we're both trying to be slightly higher than the other one. Okay. All right. Uh, hey, how'd you feel about that? Uh, it went okay, I yeah. think. Yeah. Okay. How yeah. about you? Yeah, I felt I felt pretty good about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was uh, there were some problems that were a little tricky, but I think I, I think I handled them. Sure. All right. Yeah. Know. Yeah. 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 Great. Well done. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. That's. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's. I think it's. I think it'll boost my. Should boost my average. Fine. Yeah. Great. That you know that's awesome. That that's really great. I'm so happy that that went well for you. I know you were worried about it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, are you going to be okay? Did Am it, I going to be okay? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it turns out I, I didn't need this class for my major mm. or for my graduation. So right. it's sort of an extra. I just like to do well when I can, yeah. you know. Yeah. And for me, it was I, I'm just really taking this just kind of on a whim. Uh huh. You know, I mean, like, oh, really? I, I don't need it for my major because oh, that's great. It's just sort of a little embellishment. to. You know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, so then, you know, you know what it's like. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of old hat. Sure. Yeah. Great. Okay. All right. <laughs> so that's the one up. And if we go the other direction. So let's try to yeah, let's try to be just slightly lower status. Just slightly lower. Okay. All right. So what was how'd it go? I don't know. You know, I'm gonna be honest. I never know how these things go. Yeah, they're just. It's like a big mystery. God. Oh, right. I mean, it's just like, and you at least have sort of like a track record of generally behave like like performing consistently, but I. Yeah. I just feel like it's a slot machine, you know? It's like I go in there, it feels fine, and then I get out, I realize I haven't done well, I don't know how to even track back to something right. that's good. I would just pull the lever, see what comes up, and be like, but I'm not, I'm running out of quarters. Oh my God. In the slot machine. Like, you know, like, I don't even know if I'll see, be able to. See, that's like an awesome around. way, that's like an even awesome, like, way that you extended that metaphor. Yeah. I just feel like you have a way of getting these things that, you know, well, we'll see. I mean, I don't know. But, I probably got like one or two, but I, most of them I was just totally confused on. You were confused? Yeah. Wow. Oh, it makes me feel better because I feel like generally you totally know what's going on. Yeah, well, <laughs> not this time. Wow. Yeah. I just hope I graduate. Oh, my God. If you don't graduate, I don't even know what I'll do because it's like I'm just going to have to go to like a homeless shelter then. Oh, my God. If my not graduating meant that you had to leave school... Oh, oh shit. Yeah. Just forget okay. it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just wow, bring out the Okay. It's really Get plummeting now. Handkerchiefs. Yeah. Okay, so So now, so that's the so that's the thing. That's the that's the exercise. Yeah. And the we, we it was the conversation we had after that round that we were talking about how it it almost felt the same trying to one up or trying to one down, right? Yeah. Cuz it's still this like sort of competitive. And this woman this woman raises her hand and she's like it's crazy. One person said, you know, this feels familiar. 
I feel like we do this all yep. the time. And the one-upsmanship is sort of what happens at any meet and greet, where you're trying to prove that you belong in a place. You we, know, like meet and greet or networking event or whatever. One-upsman or one-downsman. Right? One, like, is this something like, I can, I can do that. I can see you and either raise you or lower you. I feel like generally when you're, like, coming into a group of... So there's this interesting thing that happens at Stanford, which is, uh, um, well... I feel like what he was talking about was trying to puff yourself up. Okay. He, he who's the he? One of the one of the students who yes. was talking about okay. it, who who said that this feels really familiar. Yeah. There's this interesting that ha- thing that happens at Stanford where, where there's sort of this, this, co- this context that says the the worse the more screwed you are. Right. It's like we kind of try to out. Yeah. Screwed each other. I'm busier than you. Or I'm busier. I'm, I'm working on less sleep than you. I have yeah. more due quicker that I'm way less prepared for. Right. I have a problem set and a midterm and a this and a that yeah. and an essay. I haven't done any of the reading and I haven't slept. And I'm also president of a thing that I have to run. And, you know, it's just like, yeah. so it's like the more hot water you're in. It's like there's this way of kind of yeah. trying to out. That's what I meant by like one downsmanship. Yeah. Like, so he was talking about it in this very particular context of like a networking event or a time where you're meeting people. Right. Which I feel like that more happens around among friends. Yeah. But yes. And she raised her hand and she said, it's just, I totally agree. This feels so familiar. It's so uncomfortable. Why do we choose to do it all the time? Yep. And I was like, well, that's a great question. <laughs> it's like, a, and it's a deep question. Yeah, this is deep. so uncomfortable. Why do we choose to do this all the time? And we're all engaged. And I think all of them had the same experience, which was like, yeah, we go through life sort of trying to protect what's ours. Right. And not be threatened by somebody else doing better than us or whatever. And trying to prove what we know or that we belong here. Da, yeah. da, da. And it's exhausting. Why do we choose to do it? So much energy goes into it. Yeah. I think part of it seems like it's it's about trying to feel safe, right? So trying to figure out, am I going to get eaten? <laughs> or, like, am I going to be able to put food on my table? Am I going to have a roof over my head? Am I going to have friends? Like, I don't want to be alone, so, like, I have to figure out, and if I ruffle too many feathers, then people won't like me. And I, and I have to be a desirable person so that the pack includes me. That's right. And so I need to prove that I really do have reason to be here. I've got some value, but I'm not a threat to too many people. Yeah. So there, there's that element. So it feels like it's tied to survival, right? Yeah. On some really deep primitive level of like, I must show that I am valid. Right. And even though it seems like a, maybe it seems like a leap, like, is this really connected to our survival? But it's the same way that the regular everyday stresses we face by like, am I going to get to my meeting on time? Activates the same biochemistry, the same, the same brain chemistry yeah. as are like, is the saber tooth tiger going to get me? Right. There's no saber-toothed tiger now, but right. we're still running the same hormones. Yeah. So I think there's that element of it. There's yeah. When and when you asked that question this afternoon, I thought of the the thirsts right, uh-huh. that, that lead to suffering in Buddhism yeah. that we were talking about on this retreat of like the desire to be seen and the paradoxical desire not to be seen, to be invisible uh-huh. when things are too much or too threatening, and so like. Our status maneuvers that we're playing out, our efforts to like either be seen or not be seen, like I want to get this fulfillment, yeah. I want to have this thirst met, or, it's wanna, a, it, it, or a thirst for pleasure. One of the, those are the three, the three, to be seen, not to be seen, or for pleasure. Like, so those trying are the to, three thirsts? The three thirsts. I'm trying to fill one of those thirsts yeah. and trying to navigate that yeah, by putting get, myself in this position. Yeah, yeah. 
And to be seen, I think, in this in this case means to be reassured that you belong here. You're fine. Exactly. Yep. You're fine. You're safe. We see you. You're you're, you're part of the you're group. You're validated. You're part of the group. You belong. It's great. It's yep. cool. You belong. Good work. I see you. I see your effort. I see your your value. Yep. And if we can do that for ourselves, if we don't need other people. Okay. Yeah. So either of you can do right. So go ahead and say more. I'm. A, I didn't. What struck me about her question, why do we choose to do this, is I don't think we do choose to do this for the most part. I think it's this like instinctive, deep instinctive reaction to right. being in a place where some part of you feels unsafe, which is maybe all of us all the time, right? Some part of us feels unsafe or most of the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, right, right. And, and that un- until we realize that that's what we're doing, and I think this is the power of studying status at all, is that none of us, we are all experts at this. But none of us know what we're doing. We're just doing it. You know what I mean? And yeah. so until you recognize like, oh, I'm doing that status thing. You have a name for it. You see, you get a perspective on the fact that you're doing it. You can't choose not to. So when you say we're experts, what is that? I mean, we've been playing by these rules all of our lives. Okay, so, so we, these rules of like social, social pecking order, dynamic right. hierarchy. How do I fit in? How do I ascertain where I fit in? How do I adjust where I'm at? What am I? How do I read who the most powerful one in the room is? Like, we have honed those skills. We just have done it subconsciously. Yeah, because I think that part of the expertise that would come out of knowing about this is a different expertise than that. So it's like having, I totally more, agree. having more flexibility or more fluidity, yeah. you know, of like, oh, and, and ability to change status right. as you need to or want to have an influence on a situation. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I guess instead of experts, we are, we all already play, we know these rules. It's like fluent. It's just, we yeah, already play I, I by these you, rules. I get what you mean, yeah. Yeah. We just, so, we just didn't even know it. It's like you don't see your own context. Right. You're living in it, but you don't, you don't see it. So... So a lot of times people have the experience when they learn status of, oh, like mind blown. Right. Here's this door. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, this, the curtain has been revealed, and now you're seeing all the... Yeah, the inner workings of, like, what relationships are. Okay, so that's a great transition then. Yeah. So what are the levers that either raise us or lower us, right? So we, when we were just doing that exercise, yeah. especially because it's on the podcast for you listeners, you're getting the auditory, verbal adjustment of status yeah but most i think most of the status stuff that happens is not verbal but it's coming through other mechanisms so it might be uh those who play high status hold eye contact and are comfortable with it mm-hmm. and those who are low status break. want eye contact but break it often yeah right so as, as we go through each of these levers like these are things you could at home play with try out with other people and see what they feel like. Right? Yeah. So that's one of them is eye contact. Eye contact is a big one. Huge. Yeah. Posture. What about posture? Symmetry. So like, do you do you stand up tall and do you stand up symmetrically? Okay. Or do you have, are you holding one arm across the front of your body and head a head tilt and a shoulder pull? Or like a hip tilted. Yeah. Or angling away from the person you're talking to yeah. or looking at them out of the side of your face instead of looking straight on at them. So there's something about, it's sort of a, high st- a higher status behavior to... Stand up straight and balance out. Yeah. Take up a little bit of space. So then there's also height, relative height. So someone who is standing above somebody else Mm -hmm. will be higher status. Yeah. Along that 
variable will have higher status, will be playing higher status than somebody lower. Mm -hmm. And if that shifts, all of a sudden the status relationship between them changes. Yeah. Yeah, there's all sorts of markers, physical markers. Lo uh, low status behavior is sort of touching your hair or your face a lot. Mm, that's lower status. Lower status, yeah. yeah. A little fidgety. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think Not a lot of stillness. Stillness is a higher status behavior and, and slower movement. Right? Mm, so more like fluid movement. More fluid, yeah, smoother movement. The other thing is that a, a high, so because high status, a, a hallmark of high status is taking up more space, they also can take up your space. So high status people tend to initiate physical contact. They'll touch you. Yep. They'll feel like it's okay to touch you. You can imagine if you were in a room with your boss or somebody who is distinctly higher status than you, you might not initiate a, like a, pat on the shoulder or a, you know it's like you might not right. move into their space you would hold back a little bit further I'd defer to that yeah, yeah. so <laughs> this is i'm chuckling internally because so we're saying one of the physical features of representations of status is relative height mm -hmm. and i once heard a story about a uh, reporter who interviewed keith johnstone who knew about status and knew that one of keith johnstone's hallmarks as a teacher is that he would start low status because he didn't want his students to elevate him and think that he was some guru mm -hmm. he wanted them to be able to have a more spacious um, approach to learning right so johnstone would start a class and come in and like sit on the floor mm -hmm. right so he would, or he would say i don't know what we're going to do yeah. what do you guys want to do yeah and so this reporter knew about that but in the in the course of the interview they kept trying to out-lower each other. Do you know the story? You no. heard this? They kept trying to out-lower each other. So he saw Johnstone, like, slink in his couch. And so the reporter slinked a little bit more. Yeah. And, you know, they kind of just kept going back and forth. Like slumping, slouching, slumping. getting a little bit lower. And literally by the end of the interview, they were both lying on the floor. Which is just hilarious because, you know, Johnstone's like, I'm not going to let you out-low out me. Or yeah. maybe he wasn't even doing it consciously. Maybe it's so ingrained in him by that point. Right. He just did it. He was doing it consciously. He's Keith Johnstone, let's be honest. I know. But the reporter was, was chuckling about how they ended the, the interview where they're both lying on the, on the floor. floor. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, so where do you see this? You said, oh, my God, that rang so many bells for me with regards to mindfulness. Well, can, can we pause for a moment? And so, or I, I want to just register. What are the other elements? So if we're saying not physical, what are some other things that, that uh, tip those scales? Right? So it's like, verbally, it might be, am I speaking in complete sentences? Oh, yeah. Right, is another one. A high, higher status play is to speak in complete sentences. Yeah. Whereas a lower, I mean, you know, if you Takes a while to, it's like, I mean, my, yeah, a lot of, right. That, that's a lower status. A lot of filler style. words, as and ums and things like um, that is uh, a lower yeah. status thing. And I think there's something about who who gets to make the choices yeah right that's who's in control who's in control so that's that we'll come back around to that later too and then there's also i once taught a class we were doing status and we were the scenario was these people were roommates it was a roommate scene so if there were three people who were roommates and they were they were having a house meeting of some sort and the guy who was he was such a peculiar student he was so wonderful and and particular and he was the highest status. We had established that he would be the highest status person mm -hmm. in the scene of four people. 
he was highest status. And I, I did that on purpose because he had such a sort of strange physicality. And I was like, let's see what happens if he's the highest status. So he comes in and he sits down. I think he put his feet up on the coffee table and his hands behind his head. And they were having a conversation, he with another one of his roommates. And the roommate said something like, uh, are you comfortable with that? And he said, I'm comfortable with anything. And I was like, I think that's high status. Nice. Like there's something about, yeah, sort of unflappable. Right. I'm not going to get hooked in by this. That's fine. Yeah. I've got it under control. Yeah. That's a, that felt really true to me. I still mm. remember it years and years later. I'm comfortable with anything. That's, that uh, is like the internal setting on yeah. status. Yeah. We were talking at the meeting the other day about how there's also an external so, like, I can have how I'm operating, the behaviors I'm choosing to express status or not, but that other people can give me status. Totally. Based on what they do. And, like, if I say something and they react, it raises my status. Yeah. If they ignore me, it lowers mine. Totally. How much attention they give you. Right. What how the, much they the take enthusiasm? action based on what you say. Right. Yeah. Status is not something you can decide on for yourself. There's all these things you can do, but it's got to be bestowed upon you by the right. people around you. Yeah. And what you, how you show up may have an influence on how they, what kind of status they give you. Exactly, yeah. But it's, but it's not, an, it can't happen in a vacuum. Right. Yeah, we played with that as well today. This idea that you can think you're high status, but if no one wants to talk to you, you learn pretty quick that you're not. You're not high status. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's cool. And I noticed that when I went to, the first time I ever went to see Amma, it's an Indian saint, Mata Amrita we talked Nanda about her talk because on the podcast. Yeah, because you ask her for help parking. Oh, that's right. Yes, <laughs> and she grants it. Well, this, okay, so this is a grander vision of Amma than the help of the parking. But <laughs> the first time I went to see her, my then girlfriend was a devotee, and so and I was a religious studies teacher. I thought I'll go check this out, like religious religious anthropology standpoint. And the first time I was there, she was getting ready to come in. Like you could feel this buzz, and she walked in the room. And was like, ah. <gasps> Whoa. And so certainly she had this grace of movement and ease, smoothness, right? But it was like the energy was everybody gave her this power. Yeah. And so it just like elevated her her to this enormous. I thought, oh, my God, that's like this is half her because she's absolutely incredible. Right. And she does unbelievable things. And she's this embodiment of love. But she's been this embodiment of love for 25 years and has been getting this adoration as if she were the embodiment of love for 25 years with millions of people coming to see her, like that has to have made her more the embodiment of love. Mm-hmm. That status has been bestowed upon her. Yeah. And I thought, I think that's what it would have been like to be with Jesus. Yeah. You know, like walks in the room and you know he's in the room because everybody goes, whoa. Yeah, right. You know. Right. And <laughs> that's what it was like when I saw Michael Jordan. I saw the Chicago Bulls play must have been the Celtics or the Warriors, you know, comes in the building like, oh, there he is. You know? Yeah, and, th- and, and that changes how you show up in the world. Right. When you get used to walking into a room and all eyes are on you or you get responded to in this particular way, it shifts how you yeah. show up. There, there's, a, there's a movie coming out. Amy Schumer did a movie called I Feel Pretty. I saw the, the trailer for it. Yeah, I haven't seen I don't even know if it's out yet. I think it is. But... The thing is, she hits her, she has a head injury and suddenly sees herself as supermodel gorgeous and then begins walking through the world like she's as supermodel she gorgeous. Yep. And 
I can only imagine that because she suddenly believed she was beautiful, though nothing changed externally, she had a different experience of the world and the world had a different experience of her. And, and I look forward to seeing that because, because also I think it's a powerful message, but, but that's a great example of the way we show up changes the way we are received. Yeah, and the way we are received changes the way we show up. Yeah, and knowing, knowing like the places that I have found this to be valuable are when I'm nervous and adrenaline makes me want to get small. Mm. So knowing what status behaviors are and knowing when it is appropriate for me to be, be displaying high status behaviors mm-hmm. or higher status behaviors and knowing that my nervousness and my adrenaline makes me want to do something different. It makes me want to avert my eye contact and I, I can't do this sort of thing where I can't quite get through a sentence straight forwardly. And I, you know, like it makes me want to shrink and I can consciously do a different thing mm. because I know that it is appropriate. Love that. You know, so it's, so that's that like one level up, pay attention. You don't have to be at the mercy of those thirsts. That's right. And so great. We came back around to your question of how does this link to mindfulness? Yeah. Right. So part of it is, am I at the mercy of the thirst? And then the part of it is, what am I doing? Like what's, what is it that's happening now? Yeah. What's the dynamic that's going on between the two of us or between the room? And is this what we want? Yeah. Is this the most resourceful choice in this moment? What if we pause and say, oh, I don't have to let the adrenaline run my, I don't have to let that adrenaline reactivity run my show. Yeah. It's there. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I don't have to let my fear of not being validated run my show. Right. So that... I know I belong here. That all fits in. Right. Yeah. You can catch yourself in that instinctive getting hooked into that game because it hooks deep. That hook is deep. Super deep. deep. And, uh, you know, the the question, going back to your student's question of why do we do this or like, what if... What if we didn't need to do it? Yeah, the, coming back to the thirst, what if we let go of the thirsts? Mm-hmm. What, what if I don't need to be seen? What if I don't need to hide? What if I can just kind of be here? And then I'm, I don't have an agenda. I'm not trying to get anything done. I can just be available. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. But it seems like it's, there's less suffering involved. I think so. Right? I mean, it, also, it also means a... Yeah, letting go of... Letting go of a lot because I'm just thinking about if the world around you is is at behaving according to their thirsts and casting you by those rules. Here's what I'm thinking about: is I taught this. I taught a. There's an exercise where you put a playing card on your head. You get sure. a playing card that you don't know what the number is. You put it on your forehead so that everybody else can see what the number is. Ace high or low? Ace high. Okay. And that is, and two is lowest. And that's your, your relative importance in the room. You don't know what it is. So you're walking into the room neutral. And you pretty quickly learn where you stack up with the different people in the room. And, and the people who are highest know it. And the people who are lowest know it. Because they find out from the way other people are treating them. Yes, because yeah. the people who are highest, everybody wants to talk to them. The people who are lowest, people are telling them to go get them drinks and clean up the, right. you know, the vomit in the corner. Like, they're treated like the help. The people who are highest are treated like the royalty. The people in the middle are figuring it out. But we get these cues from all around us of where we fit in. And I said, and I was doing this at a 
law firm with a class of summer interns. So they were all in law. They were all law students, mm-hmm. and for the summer they had an internship at these at this sort of high, but prestigious law firm. Okay. And we did this exercise, and I said, "Great, what do you what do you notice, or how does this feel?" And somebody raised their hand, and they said, "Familiar." And I said, "Oh yeah." He goes, yeah, this is happening here all the time. We all walk around with a badge that says what school we go to. Yep. And, and that does it. And so I can decide that I'm not, that I, that I don't need to one-up myself or one-up anybody else in conversation, but that doesn't mean that anybody else is going to want to talk to me if I didn't go to a top-tier school. You know what I mean? So, it, so it's like there are, mm-hmm. there are, so it's just harder. Still it's still has hard. repercussions in the yeah, world. Yeah, there's still repercussions in the world and you still, you know, I think the answer is the same, which is like, well, that's okay. Right. You can still be who you are. You can still be who you are, and you're still just as marvelous and wonderful and complicated and valid and worthy as you were if they did want to talk to you. Right. They don't need to know that. Yeah. And then the part of you that needs to be comforted when there's like some crazy shit going down, just, yep. Yeah. You can acknowledge that part. So... We were in that that exercise with the cards, which is a great one to do with a group uh, to introduce status because it, it's so visceral. Oh God! The feeling of like it's, and it feels oh my. bad if you're low. And I am always I always draw a two or a three in that, <laughs> always. So I'm always the teacher, and I am the lowest status person in the room. Yeah. It's like really interesting. Yeah, it gets into this. So the, the, these categories can be, uh, what's the word? Can bleed into other categories. Yeah, and so. Um, I thought it would be cool to mention here, we, I mentioned it to you earlier, we didn't go into detail, but the, these distinctions that Barbara Tint and Simo Ruterin of the Applied Improv Network have done to clarify the difference between rank, status, power, and esteem. Mm. And they're all interrelated, but sometimes I think when people talk about status, they kind of are talking about these other elements. Yeah. So there's some overlap, like if we had a a Venn diagram, we could probably do some interesting work with it. Yeah. But the the rank is our official position. So your title? Your title. Right. Yeah, your boss. Like are you captain? Are you where are you in the employee you, org charts? Are you vice president in charge of advertising? Yeah. Are you on the tennis ladder at the club? Oh, I'm number twenty two. Great. Right. Um, that is external. That's external facing. It's like an people external know thing. where you stand. Yeah, and it's measurable and you plug it in. Yeah. And it has there's an authority to it. Right, so maybe you're making choices yeah. about who stays on or not, and that sort of thing. Yeah, so there's like direct reports and things like. I mean, exactly. it's very yeah. Yeah, um, uh, or pay pay could be linked mm-hmm. to that, right? Right. So then there's status, what we've been talking about. So if Which rank is behavioral rank is who we are, status is what we do. Great. And then that's the behavioral choices, the verbal choices, right? Um, and it's about raising or lowering us in relation to each other or to even things. So I could be yeah. playing high status to a chair or low status to a chair, yeah. to my clothes. And um, as you said, you, it's a lot about how much space do we take up. And I think of it as how well do we have intention and choice making around our actions. Hmm. So like am I, control is not quite the word, right word, but it's like self-control or like I can do, I can do what I intend to do. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, I don't know, I'm just at the whims of something else. So that's the second one. The third is power. So rather than who we are, what we do, it's what we have. Money. Money? Structural, personal sources of influence, right? So it could be socioeconomic, could be gender, 
sexual orientation, but let's say all the isms and like in society who's got power on certain levels, but it can also be like individual qualities like your um, social intelligence or your uh, sex appeal or your charisma or... Is like, it privilege? I think the privilege is another way of saying... Or is that saying, part of that? It's certainly part of... Privilege is a form of power, I think is what... Privilege is a form Barbara of power. Barbara and Simo would say. Yeah. Right? When so, you when you said, uh, I can come into a space and do what I intend to do instead of being at the mercy of external circumstances, I was like, oh, that's privilege. Yeah. Also. Yes. Right? Yes. So you like, yeah, I, I belong here and I'm sort of... My destiny is up to me. That's right. Yeah. And so there are some things that might be a combination of two elements, though, like... You might have specific knowledge because you went to a certain school. Right. Right. But those are certain kinds of power that get played out. Yeah, great. And then the fourth uh, is esteem. So rather than who we are, what we do, or what we have, it's what we feel. I could have all the high status markers externally, but I could still feel low value. So that's self-esteem. Self-esteem, right? Got it. And I feel like that is rampant. Rampant, I mean, and, it, and it changes. So it could be like, am I feeling hungry? I'm going to be feeling lower status, lower power, lower, lower esteem. esteem than if I'm feeling energized or uh-huh. whatever, right? And it ch- changes at any, and in any given moment. And so you could have, what I like about separating these out is that you can have, you can be high on one and low on another. Yes. And we play with that in improv all the time. So like, okay, here's the, Let's play a low-status master and a high-status servant. Yeah. You think, what? Right. Because they have high rank. The master has high rank. Exactly. But low status and perhaps low esteem. And they could have... Or perhaps high esteem. Right. I'm not sure how this plays out. Let's tease this out a little bit. So the goofy henchman who's like a strong man. Yeah. But total goofball, not very smart. Okay. So rank... Low. Kind of low. Yeah. Right? Power, low within the... Within the within the mob organization. the mob, but powerful in terms of could take somebody's life. Has dangerous... Personal strength. Physical, physical strength, power. yeah. And that's what makes them high status is they could kill you. So they might be taking up a lot of space and they might be making a lot of noise, but if they're speaking really quickly or they're not finishing their sentences... Oh, or a great, or a great example is like status. Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson is like... This huge, insanely strong, powerful machine, and he's famous, and all this, and he's got this little tiny voice, right? Yeah. He's got this like voice that's like that. What? Yeah. This doesn't make sense. And it's a great example of, of like a mis, like a mismatch. I mean, the voice doesn't exactly fit into one of these, but it's it's a it's an example of like you don't expect it. It doesn't go with the. I, I think voice would be part of power. I think they would put that with power. Oh. Because it's like a it's like that charisma or sex appeal or like yeah. Is it something that you can use, huh. right, to extend your influence? Yeah. But right, so yeah, so that it's just parsing these out really helps to understand. Sometimes it makes it more confusing. That's really cool. But you can move these different levers and come up with these really rich characters. Yeah. And then you can also, in regular life, not on stage, you can see it being played out. Like, yeah. Oh, I feel like I'm. I'm totally fine. I've got the high self-esteem today, even though my I'm low in the organization. Yeah. Right. Or I'm feeling great. That you and that ta- gives you a certain amount of charisma. Right. The intern, the intern at the law school. Yeah. Or at the summertime job. Right. Right. Low on the totem pole, but they're going to a great school. Well, how do they, how do they feel about themselves? Yeah, right. 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 There's all these different ways to play around with it. Yeah. <laughs>
I just feel so much, and this is coming back to a mindfulness, or maybe this is just social and emotional intelligence kind of thing, but like, if I don't care as much about what other people think of me, my life is way better. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, let go of the comparison, let go of approval, just kind of do my thing. Yeah. I mean, I suppose there's some element of peer pressure or social trying to fit in socially leads me motivates me to do certain things but in general it's just like way less suffering if I'm not trying to compare myself to this classmate who did x y and z or this family who has this or this relationship who has this or I yeah comparing yourself like like scorekeeping yeah yeah big time and what's that all about big time well it's that yeah. What do you mean? What's what all about? Like again, we come back to why do we do it? Like what? Why do know, we do it? Why do we do it? It's we've been talking about this too with this this business coaching group that I've been a part of the last few months called Thrive Academy. And so what we're talking about when you position yourself as an you're trying to sell something you're doing that it helps to. Um, to have strong positioning, to give yourself some authority, and to still be human. Mm-hmm. So to share vulnerability and to share your positioning yeah. so that people can trust you. So if you're going to share a vulnerable story, good to share some authority at the beginning. So they're like, okay, don't have to worry. This person's okay. Yeah. Then you share the vulnerability like, oh, my gosh, they really went through some hard stuff. Yeah. And then you come back with your positioning at the yeah. end to be like, and now I've sort of come out of it and like here I am and I'm st- stable. So yeah. I can help you on this journey. Yeah. I can, you know, I've, I've traveled these waters. I know how to navigate them. Right. And I'm just really fascinated by that, well, that you, balance. You described that to me a long time ago when mm. you were talking about teaching. Mm. That on the first day, you're like a little bit of a hard ass. Yep. And it's like, I'm not going to take your shit. And if you're like, this, these are the rules and I'm not making exceptions. Like, this yep. is how it works. And then once they could try, and I think that was also part of like growing people need to understand they need to feel secure yes that they are held in a stable container that's right that you are in charge i'm in charge that they cannot run amok and just and and like it's not up to them and that makes them feel safe so that's another great example of children they need to know where the boundaries are right and so no they're not highest on the pecking order but they shouldn't be (laughs) it's not appropriate for them to be and that and that's especially on the first day when they come in they're like oh my god i'm worried about do i fit i'm like i got you i got you don't worry. Yeah. You're good. I'm going to set the rules. I'm, I'm going to take rules. care of you. I'm going I'm to hold to them. Yep. You don't and, have to worry about this being chaos. And then, yeah, I would, and I would consciously play with this as the quarter of the semester went on, start lowering my status and like, okay, we're all going to sit in a circle and I'm not going to be standing up when I'm teaching. Yeah. I'm sitting at the same level as you. Right. Or I might, yeah, when I come up to, you're working on your project at your desk. I'm going to come, rather than standing over you, I'm going to kneel down and be below you and ask you questions about what you're thinking. Yeah. So that I'm elevating you. Yeah. You know. Shifting that status relationship. Right. Or even asking your opinion, like, that's a status, that's a status relationship. Totally. And and it can get changed by tone of voice, too. Sharing things, yeah. I can say, uh, you know, I can maintain my status as a teacher and say, you know, uh, Lisa, what's your answer to this question? Right. Versus, so Lisa, what's your what's your take on this? How, illuminate us. Yeah. What's your answer to this? Yeah. How, how would you do this? Really different. I'm really curious. How would you, what's your take? Yeah. 
I'm so eager to know. Which, elevate, which elevates the, uh, because it's like, I want to know. I want to know about, mm -hmm. I'm more, I'm interested in you. Which, I'm always reminded that like, uh, the gift of attention is the best uh, gift we can give anybody. Especially right now when our attention is. Yes. Commodified and trying to be snatched by. Snatched away. By every, everyone and everything and every angle and every side. And I think we, ha we, the, what I always learn when teaching status is the thing that makes people feel most important is that people want to be talking to them. Okay, say this again. The thing that makes, the thing people, that makes feel people feel most important yeah. is that other people want to be talking to them. Huh. They want to be in conversation. They want to be, they're interested in them. They want to engage with them. Like, I'm I want yeah. to know more about you. And... What's going on over there? I, I'm I'm thinking about it, it. Didn't register for me as like, oh, that's true. Because mm -hmm. I thought, is that what would it be for me? And for me, it would be more like, I want to be with you. Oh, maybe so this is a languages of love thing. Exactly. That's <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. Is like, because I'm like the best you, thing in the world is that you are like right. totally into what I've got to say. Exactly. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, can we just spend time together? <laughs> or or it could be touch yeah right like the way that somebody feels approved of or that they belong is that someone's willing to touch them yeah or that they give them guilt right, right, right. if you haven't checked out the five languages of love it's good stuff yeah do you remember them off the top of your head acts of service gifts physical t affection words of affirmation and presence and press yeah quality time quality time yeah yeah so like you might be good at giving a certain kind and think that other people, why don't they know that I love them? Yeah. Well, because you're not giving them one that In they... In their language. Yeah. Right. So for you, words of affirmation. Like, that's what... But it's... Yeah, well, yes. It's just like... I don't know. Listening and attention doesn't fall there, but like... I don't know yeah. if that's quality time or words of affirmation. Right. It's kind I don't of, need you just to tell me book. that I'm good. It's not that. Okay. I want you to be like insanely curious about what I've got to insanely. say and what I think. Like I want you right. Like that's the. Tell me more. Tell me more. Yeah. What was that like? How was that for you? Yeah. What did? What about this other thing? Like demonstration I want question, of interest. Demonstration right? of interest. Yeah. Yes. Yes. God. Yes. Totally. You listening out there? That's the thing. <laughs> tell Lisa that you heard her. <laughs> ask her. Ask her another question. Don't tell me. Show me oh, that you're interested. <laughs> Don't tell me you heard me. Ask me another excellent question. I, I hear you. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. Damn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because if you say, I hear you, I'll go, okay, what are you going to do with it? Right? Mm. It's like, that's what I want you to engage. Okay. Now what? Yeah. All right. Well, I have a question okay, for you. Okay. Now Lisa can get off her soapbox about what she... No, I'm going to ask you another question. <laughs> yeah, I want to okay, know great, more. Great. Cool. I'm into that. <laughs> do you feel loved? Do you feel included? <laughs> yeah. Have yeah, I raised your status? This is a good moment. Yeah, that's great. Okay. Uh, which is, okay, so we've laid all this out for listeners now. Yeah. Got what is status? Why are we so caught up in it? I think the question of whether we're going to get eaten or not is an important question to answer at any given moment. <laughs> yes. But then there's all these like, okay, power, rank, status, esteem. Okay, so what? What do we do with any exactly. of this? Exactly. That's now, a great question. What's the, where do we, where do we go from here now that all of the, Okay, that's another <laughs> 80s song reference. <laughs> Who is that? Where do we go from here now that all of the children are growing up? How do we spend our time? Oh, I can't remember. 
don't remember if it was like Yes or the Doobie Brothers. Or... No, it was very nice. Hey, listeners, if you know. I'm not going to put that. Said, oh, come on. You think that should go in there? Yeah. All right. I thought it was nice. You have a very lovely voice. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Um, okay, so what do we do? What do we do? I don't know fuck if I know. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, what do we do? I guess, Ted. I'm raising my hand. Yes. I've got an idea. I think part of the invitation is to start playing with it. Well, A, look for it. Notice it. I think the first step is like, notice this stuff. Notice it yeah. in the world. Notice it in relationships and friendships in in interactions with strangers. Lift the veil. Yeah, just check it out. See if you can tune your tune your senses into it. And then I think the place that it is powerful is, re- is when you can unhook from it so that you can notice when you are being driven by the need to prove that you're high enough status or that you, you know. Yeah. Um, and it, and... And the moments where that makes you behave in ways that you don't want to be behaving. Right. So it's kind of noticing, noticing that there's a, a, a stage and there's puppets. And we're getting pulled by these things. Yeah. And then I think for me the second thing, so first is noticing. Second is like play with it. Like, oh, okay, what, what if I pull on this string a little bit more? What if I resist that string when yeah. it pulls? And then maybe down the road, the third step would be like to just clip the puppet strings and let the puppet move on its own. Or maybe it would, the puppet would just fall into a mess on the floor of the stage, if we're really playing the analogy out. But there's something about the freedom to like, oh, I don't have to be a puppet anymore. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It's like I, I see that, I see that puppet string. Mm-hmm. Puppet string, I see you. No, thank you. You ain't gonna pull me no more. Yeah, that's the next song on your country western album. Ain't gonna pull my string no more. <laughs> I guess it's like a folk song. Huh? Yeah, I think that's a folk yeah. song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay, so that's an invitation. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's the thing. Look at your puppet show, people. How do I use it? How do I use status most? I think I actually use status a lot. Mm. I think part of it is I use it to sort of like endear myself to people. Okay. I'm tall, so there's times when I use it to, I consciously Adjust make it. myself smaller. So as not to be threatening. Yeah. I lower my center of gravity. I sort of bend a little bit to lower mm-hmm. I lower my, I, I consciously lower my status more than I consciously raise it, I think. You're, you usually play higher status, I think. Yes, I think so. I think that's your general bent. Because you, you walk straight. I take up space. You take your... I touch people. Yeah. I'm loud. Yeah. I've got a deep voice. I think that helps. Helps. Or affects it. I think it affects it. Change, right. That's a better way to say it. Yeah. You, there are times when you're like jazzed on an idea and you'll get roughing and you don't complete your sentences, mm-hmm. which is, which is a little bit lower. Yeah. But I think in general, you're a pretty high, high so status too. player. Yeah. How and there, like there's times when I recognize here. Okay. There's times when I recognize that I'm in a conversation with somebody for whom it is important that they are the higher status person oh, in this conversation. So you, yeah, you'll defer. So I'm like, no problem. Take what about, it. What about esteem? How do you feel about your status often? About my status? Or about, 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 your, or about myself? About yourself in relationship, in all this, yeah, in this mix. Oh, I feel like I have a pretty healthy sense of myself. Okay. I found a placement that I made when I was seven years old that my mom kept. It was uh-huh. like a paper that was laminated. And it was in all different colored markers, and it says, I am wonderful. My name is Lisa. <laughs> I was like, 
Okay, Lisa. Well, no, 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 no ego problems there. That was placemat, not doormat. Very healthy. Yeah, exactly. Very healthy, healthy sense of the self there. That's great. That's awesome. Healthy appreciation. I think sometimes that I... You know, but there's weird pockets. Right, but like I, I project in the world, like I, especially when I'm teaching, I can project a certain authority, confidence, status, like I'm, I'm choosing what I'm doing, and internally I can still feel like, oh, but does anybody love me? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, or do I belong yeah. in this group? And it just is amazing yeah. how that works. And other times, I can feel like, ah, I'm great. Totally. I'm, I'm, I've got talents. I'm, I belong. It doesn't matter. Like, I don't care what other people think of me. And then I know be who like, I am. Why am I not having the effect I want to have in the world? Like, yeah. nobody's reacting to me the way. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Like, I, I think on average, I do, I do not suffer from low self-esteem. But there are, po- there are pockets of vulnerability where I have weird holes in mm, that, mm. in that fabric. Yeah. And there's this little pit, this like deep, narrow, you know, deep hole where like, it's where it doesn't, it's mismatched, you yeah. know, in a, in a way. So I think, yeah. So a nice little invitation to self-investigation then is to say, okay, so if you've got these different. Um, metrics you can check out like oh so where where am i in my rank in in my different arenas like where do i fit at work in my family where do i imagine like if some outsider were looking at the family who's got the most influence mm-hmm. what's my number right that's kind of an interesting question to ask and yeah then, okay but also can i just say yeah this stuff can also go too far okay which I feel like it is important to say. So, can, are we at the? Are we near the end? Do we have time left? We've got time for it, but let me just bookmark it because I want to just finish the thought. Great. Um, and so to come back and play with, with the status. What are, what are the areas in my life where I have privilege or where I don't, and how do I feel about that? How does it? How do I use that? Or to start playing with these Keith Johnstone status elements, and changing them. If I hold eye contact, how does that change how I feel? How does that change how other people treat me? I just think it's fun to kind of. Play around with that. Yeah, it's a really interesting lens through which to look at your interactions. Yeah, yeah. It, so, okay, you were going to say about going too far. That it can go too far, and I feel like there is a way in which if you get in the habit of dissecting your interactions and your relationships and then start to... It can be manipulative. It, and if you start to become too conscious about what this is doing to your status and and what you will or will not allow it to do to your status in a situation, it can really get in the way. And I have experienced that from people who have, who have allowed it to go too far. And I feel like it's really hard to connect with them because right. I can tell that they are doing the thing, they're that they're the thing. very intentionally controlling their status. And it's like, oh, I can't. Right. I'm, I can't, yeah. you know. So, that, that's, you know, starting to pick apart all the pieces, like there is a point at which it's, it will no longer be interesting or ser- serve you, you know, I yeah. think. Yeah, and that, that sounds very much like what you said on the last episode about dissecting mindfulness. I think it was on the last episode, like if you're so... Oh, in the zone. Yeah, or when we were talking about being like in the zone. being in the zone if you're and you're so like, oh, look at me, I'm in the zone. Conscious of being, like you've kind of taken the life out of it yeah you've lost it so so use it to the degree that it serves you for me connection is generally my ultimate goal like can i connect the best can i be freest to connect right and sometimes knowing what i'm doing with my body sometimes my body is getting in the way of my connection so change so making a change can move me in the move 
me in the po- positive direction there. But sometimes if I'm just too too preoccupied with if I help you clean this up, will it lower my status? If I do, you know, if I right. have, the, if I show up in this way in this conversation, what will it do to my status? Now you're just focused on you, and there's no connection. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah. T- um, I, I like the I like the distinction of saying to play with it rather than to work with it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's like, all right, let me just let me just see what happens. I don't know. Yeah. And and tweaking it and de- developing a facility so that eventually. It just becomes this smooth facility you've got. Yeah. And we haven't, I'm surprised we haven't mentioned it yet, but, you know, that friends tend to be people who either play at the same status level or who are able to go back and forth with each other. And with whom we are, yeah, we are able to, to shift status. I can shift yours, you can shift yeah. mine. We're, will, we're willing to play those games. We feel safe enough with one another. Yeah. Yeah. So it just goes back and forth. And I think that's the, like... For me, developing the, the familiarity with these categories and how I'm being affected by them, how I'm affecting them, that's the end point is to get to that, oh, I've got some level of fluidity and ease around all this stuff and I can just... I let can it just, go. Just, I just let it go. Just play with it, have fun, you know, move as I need to move, like water. Yeah, and those friendships, that happens effortlessly. You don't have to choose that. Oh, it's a great question. Yeah, I think that with friends, it happens effortlessly and then the more effortlessly you can be the more f- people you can be friends with yeah so again we're going both directions yeah right wow. i just right if you like go into an interaction you're like and now i will shift my status to show that we are friends you've lied it's not happening that's not it <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah it depends on the it depends on the attitude that you're doing that with I yeah think. i guess it just it just i just work i just if the, it's my word of caution. You know, if there's like, no heart there, you can say and do those right things, and you're just causing trouble. But if there's like, a, if there's an, if you have an open heart and you're using those levers, I think it's, I think it's what makes a connection. It's the skillful way of building connection. Yeah, to be continued. Yeah. I don't have an uncomplicated opinion about that statement. Yeah. Well, only uncomplicated opinions are welcome <laughs> on this, this podcast. At this point in the podcast, I think we True. only we don't have time for any more complicated opinions. Okay, yeah. So it's down to that. Yeah. Don't manipulate people, or if you do, do it with a loving heart. I think a nice place to play with this stuff is like <laughs> when you're ordering coffee. Oh. Not necessarily in your close friendships. Sure. Like, yeah, play around with status with the people you pass on the street. Make extended eye contact with the person you're ordering food from. See what happens. Yeah. With somebody you meet, you're meeting for the first time, a friend of a friend that passes on the street, and you're, you know, play around yeah. with your body language, see what happens, see how it feels. But, like, <sighs> I wouldn't let it go. I, yeah. I don't, you just use your judgment. Use your judgment. Everybody. And, you know, I'm just noticing we didn't, we didn't get into cultural aspects of all this. Oh, man. We didn't get into gender aspects of Status all this. Status part, oh, flirting. Wow. Oh, my. Yeah. All sort of, but, hey. Status part two. The status part two down the road. Yeah. I think it's about time we wrap this bad boy up. Let's get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get out of here. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. We're going to go, go do an outro, so we won't say much more now. <laughs> We're just going to leave it leave it here, and then uh, we'll extend our status on the outro. But thanks for listening. Goodbye. has gone down below the building the shade is now in the grove we're coming to the end of our episode Lisa. we have come to the end of our it already ended 
when does it end? Oh, this, boy. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> God. A, a big loop. <laughs> okay, well, I really enjoyed that exploration. Yeah, how come? I just, it's such a complicated topic, and it is so present, and the language of human interaction is so fascinating, and that what we say is the tiniest tip of the iceberg, and yeah. it's just fun to remember that, and yeah. to, and to, to notice that, that we're all engaged in this dance all the time. I'm intrigued what it will be like for you listeners who haven't considered this element before. Because yeah. I, you know, I've, as I said, I first learned about 1987. I've been thinking about it for over 30 years now. Yeah. Like. I hope it's not too insider baseball. Yeah, I hope so too. I bet it. I'm, yeah. I if, think we did a good job of boiling it down. I think so. And if it feels too insider, heck, come on the retreat. We'll do some status work. You'll get to experience. Yeah, and at least just email us, you guys. Just send an email to info at monsterbabypodcast.com. Please ask Lisa a question. Be curious just about her life. dying for some freaking email. <laughs> At least we got some between the last one with all the people who submitted their names. I know. It made me feel very good. Okay, well, we need to do other contests. I guess so. All right. Okay, we'll ask you better questions, okay, public? Send us a note. What contest would you like to hear <laughs> oh, on the Monster Baby podcast? All right. What showed up for you? Yeah, well, I like this element of, like, imagining somebody who's not ever heard it before and what that would be like. And... You regularly raise this question of like, okay, what's too much about trying to be too conscious? Because I'm always yeah. like, I love looking at the levers behind our behavior yeah, yeah, yeah. and how we express ourselves and what's more skillful. And I think you're right that there's this, there's a lot or a point where the skillfulness moves into a controlledness. Yeah. And there's like, can we just be, just be here, just be here and be relaxed Let and, it go. and at ease about it. And I think that that's part of my personality is like, trying to find the right line and and i'm i'm aware i didn't say this in the in the cast but like on some fundamental level a lot of my behavior is about keeping myself safe Uh because i'm not a fighter and i don't want to get into i don't want to get physically injured and so i use my verbal skills and my people skills my postural skills to make sure i'm going to be safe yeah right so it's a really interesting it's interesting to play with that and like Oh, yeah, it's me trying to control the world so yeah. that I, I don't get killed. Uh-huh. Right? So the, I'm reminded in doing this episode of like, yep, we're doing these behaviors all the time. It's fun to play with them. And on some core level, like, it matters. So it's cool to get skillful with, you know. Yeah. Cool. Know. So right on. Cool. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hey, it is such a treat to have you with us. Yeah. We're so delighted. And hey, by the way, Lisa, happy anniversary. This is our two-year Monster Baby Podcast episode anniversary. Oh it was a couple God. days ago. It was the, was the official been going anniversary. For two years. Two years, forty-four episodes. Happy. If you've been with us all the way through, I can't thank Bless you. Bless you. All right, mean, let's let these people go home. Let our people go, and uh, we'll see you on the backside, flip side, backside. Oh, you always say backside. I know. It's not backside. I know. We, this is the backside. We're there. <laughs> we'll see you next time on the front side. We'll see you. <laughs> Of the next episode. The front door to the temple. We'll see you. Okay, goodbye, everybody. (laughs) 